My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. On October 22nd, the tragic shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins shocked and confused the world. No criminal charges have yet been brought, but this week more and more details have emerged as to what took place to allow Alec Baldwin to discharge a live round from a vintage gun he was apparently told was empty. All that we can be certain of at this point, even after the Santa Fe County Sheriff Aidan Mendoza gave his press conference, is that more and more questions remain unanswered and that charges against Baldwin himself are not off the table. Our Irish woman in America, friend and US correspondent, wrote about the tragedy over the weekend in the Sunday Business Post and has spent the week looking into the story. Over the next hour, we're going to take a closer look at what is known and unknown at this point, what insiders are saying and where the investigation is likely to go from here. Marion, it is brilliant to have you here to talk about this really tragic thing. It is tragic, Jonathan. Uh, it's great to be with you. Um, tragic, avoidable, and uh, you know, heartbreaking. I think for for everybody involved, but but and yet exasperating because you know, literally, there the people said on the set of this that this was an accident waiting to happen. And I'm sure when they said it and issued warnings, nobody thought that somebody would be fatally shot. And, and, and you know, this young woman, 42 years old, the mother of a nine-year-old boy um, with a husband, you know, as a rising career that this, you know, it should never have happened. Yeah, for those people that really haven't followed this story, maybe you could give them, you know, an easy in as to, what exactly took place, where it took place, and just the basics. Okay, so this um, incident happened last Thursday uh, on the set of a film called Rust. It was a small independent Western, uh, $7 million budget, which was being shot in New Mexico, just outside Santa Fe, on the site of this legendary film set, um, the Bonanza Creek Ranch, first used in the 1950s for The Man from Laramie, which used to be my dad's favourite film. It was a revenge Western, one of the first of its ilk, had been used for everything 
using the 310 to Yuma, not Zuma, and Blazing Saddles. You know, all kinds of iconic films have been shot there. It was owned by a Cherokee woman uh, who died only two weeks ago herself. Uh, she was 89 years old at the time. Her, her family are still running it as a film set. And uh, it was somewhere that, that was very well known and, and somewhere that people liked to work, apparently. Santa Fe, I've been there many times. Beautiful city, fantastic place. You know, for a lot of people who were working on this film, it was the dream. And it was the dream for Helena Hutchins, who uh, was a you know 42-year-old cinematographer. There are very few women cinematographers in the world at all. And certainly very few who were rising as fast as she was. She was listed as one of the top 10 cinematographers to watch back in 2019. People really respect her work. They found her in innovative, incredibly hardworking, disciplined and professional to work with. Now, the background to this tragedy was, as I say, it was a, ironically, the film, Rust, it's a Western, Alec Baldwin was the main star. He was also one of the producers. Briefly, the story, the plot line was that he was the grandfather of a young boy who accidentally shoots somebody and is about to be hanged for murder. And he's been estranged from his grandson and he comes back to break him out and to take him on the run with him and then they rebond. That, that's the gist of the story. Alec Baldwin had a hand in the writing as well, apparently, as well as being the lead actor and a producer. So he was very invested. And I should say at the outset that a lot of actors are given the title producer. It can be just something that beefs them up, makes them feel good, particularly if they're not getting a huge paycheck. Uh, they also get the title producer if they agree to defer their salary and to take a payment at the back end you know, a percentage uh, of the profits rather than than um, mm. getting a payment up front also happens a lot on small budget films. And then lastly, of course, you can be a producer if you're really involved in every aspect of it. And, you, you know, you're very, very involved in the hands on the day to day aspects, the budgets, uh, you know, all kinds of things, production, you know, that, that are to do with with production. I don't know the degree to which Alec Baldwin was involved. I've been told by two people that they had heard this is Los Angeles. Everyone hears everything that he was one of the producers who was sort of got the title and was taking a, a relatively low fee for his role in the film. Um, and, you know, that he wasn't a producer, producer per se. But anyway, the, the backdrop to this is that last Thursday morning, there had been a lot of tensions brewing on this set. It was supposed to be a 21 day shoot. It was in the 12th day of shooting last Thursday morning. And the camera crew, half a dozen of them, the camera crew and assistants walked off the set shortly after they came on. They walked off the set for several reasons. One primarily was to do with safety issues, which I'll get into in a moment. The second reason they walked off the set was there were their paychecks weren't coming through. They were being delayed. They were being told it'll be here tomorrow, it'll be here next week. Uh, they were getting fed up by that. And the third thing, which really showed a level of disrespect from the film's producers and the film company, they were a couple of miles outside Santa Fe, apparently about an eight-minute drive from Santa Fe. Uh, but they were told that they had to have accommodation in Albuquerque, which is more than an hour's drive away. So they were working and apparently this is the norm post-COVID. Everything is rushed. Everything's been condensed into, you know, what should have been apparently a 28-day shoot at least had been condensed into 21 days. So people were working 16, 18-hour days. 
And then they were being asked to drive home to Albuquerque 50, 60 miles away after that and drive back again in the morning 50, 60 miles back when they could have stayed down the road in Santa Fe. But the producers wouldn't okay them to stay in Santa Fe because it was more expensive. Santa Fe is a beautiful town. It's a tourist town. It's a rich little town. And uh, the accommodation there is quite pricey. The only accommodation they were offered near Santa Fe was a hotel that was being used as a homeless shelter. And that was apparently the option they were given. At that point, they just walked off the set. So they so came is, back to pack up. Just really quick there is, yes, from what you've, I've heard this a lot as well, this about this walk off. Do you know if that's like a normal thing in that, you know, the way, you know, lads will walk off a building site, as you say, if the checks don't arrive, it'll be like, well, we're not we're not going to pick up tools until, you know, that's all sorted out. Or was this, as you say, a kind of a, a rumbling tension between how this is being run in a in a much larger sense? Well, I, there's a lot of um conflict at the moment generally in in the film business about paying conditions and these crew members were they were members of the international alliance of theatrical stage employees and they they want to shut down the whole of hollywood basically because they have said that since covid as i said that the, the hours have been lengthened and the conditions have worsened and the pay has worsened because the studios are hurting they they had a lot of projects stalled or shut down completely over the last two years they're scrapping to get all those projects out so they're making people work for longer but in, as well as working for longer they want to pay them less because they're saying well we lost money last year we didn't make any money etc so but apparently the, the third factor on this set walk-offs are apparently quite common people will have a you know they'll blow their stack and they'll storm off the set and somebody will come and cajole them back on or whatever but what happened in this case was the producers and there is speculation that the producers had been kind of banking on them walking off because they had already lined up non-union members, allegedly. So non-union members arrived on the set to take over, to fill in the the shoes of the union members. They they were there within an hour. So, you know, that seems to me that that obviously there there was some inkling or the producers were secondly having a plan B in place Hmm. should this happen. So when, when the union crew, the crew who had been hired for this set, came back a couple of hours later to pack up, they were told, get off the set or we're calling security leave now and it was apparently very ugly i heard again from somebody who i know who knows somebody on the set that halna hutchins was apparently very upset and was in tears she's a member of the local 600 union union and she decided to stay rather than to walk off with her crew because she felt she had to keep the show on the road basically and uh, so she made a decision which apparently was she had been advocating for better conditions for her crew but then when they walked off she decided to stay and work with the replacements and you know it was a decision that ultimately cost her her life because had she walked off you know she Mm -hmm. she'd be still here probably so that is part of the tragedy so what you have then is a scenario where you have a really angry upset and stressed out crew you've got people who who have remained the atmosphere apparently is poisonous and then the non-union crew come 
in. They're working for the first time. They've already lost several hours. The first assistant director, a guy called Dave Halls, whose job it is to, to make the trains run on time. That's the AD's job that, you know, whatever is listed to be shot that day, you have to make sure that it gets done. And so that was his job. He was already under massive pressure. And as I say, the, the atmosphere apparently on the set was, was awful. Uh, so they took a lunch break quite early, everybody. And um, there was also a young armorer. Now, on every set, they're supposed to be a couple of people, they're supposed to be an assist, a props master, an assistant prop master and an armorer. And they're supposed to be three entirely separate jobs because they're all very busy jobs, especially something like a Western where you've got a lot of shooting. The armorer is going to be, you know, having a lot of work to do. But this young 24 year old woman, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, uh, who had only worked on one other film previously, was hired as both the armorer and the props assistant. Now, there was a very a guy called Neil Zormowski, who was he he they he was initially approached to work as the prop master on this film. Initially, he's been working as prop master for decades on TV and, and um, movies. Very well respected guy. He met he was interviewing with the producers. He was, you know, emails back and forth and he walked away from it. He said, no way am I touching this film because he said that they were cutting so many corners and that they had decided he had asked for five technicians to work, you know, one to just the armorer to just do nothing else, another to do props to make sure that all the guns were ready to go after the armorer had lined them up and they were checked, etc. He wanted five people. And initially they said, no, you can have two. And then they said, no, you can have a an armorer who will also work as your assistant. And when she's not doing the guns, she can do your stuff. And he said, that's not how I work. This is an accident waiting to happen. And he refused to take the job then. Well, so, uh, Marion, can I jump in there? Because we're going to we're going to take a break and uh, you can join us over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to hear a little bit more about these two linchpin characters here. Hannah Gutierrez, Reed, the armor and the assistant director, Dave Hall, because I've done a bit of a dig into both of these people. And also we're going to look at you know, the wider question here of live rounds and real guns being used on set. We'll also get into, you know, accidents on set and how many of these have actually taken place down through history and lots, lots more. It's all for the price of a pint each month. You come over patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. You get access to the full archive, all of our Marion episodes, including the Scandals series, which is absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite things we've ever made. And of course, Sonia Sullivan full episodes on a Tuesday. So pop over there now. Brian Connolly's on sound. John Marr does the extra research and we'll be back after the break. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy. 